it walks through the forests, searching for new skin to wear. Maybe that skin is yours. This world is a strange one. One of my favorite monsters to talk about is the Skinwalker. It's so unnatural, so demonic, so creepy. To imagine something like that in your woods so close to our homes, it would give you nightmares. It might just be a matter of time before you wake up to your window open, the full moon shining in, and a clawed hand reaching for your flesh. Enjoy these allegedly real sightings of skinwalkers. But first, what is the creepiest thing you've seen in the ocean? Let me know by sending me your story at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. Now, hold on to your skin. You don't want to lose it. Number one. It wears people's skin. Submitted by Darren H. I never thought I'd see something like this in my life. You won't find me back in the woods for a very long time. I was out there in the Ozarks. It was looking like another beautiful season for hunting. I'd been seeing deer everywhere. Almost hit one on the road, just trying to get to my perfect hunting spot. I'd been hunting at these parts for decades now. Sometimes I'd come here to escape. You know, life isn't always a happy thing. It was quiet that day, cold, misty. The autumn leaves filled the forest floor to my ankles. The trees were bare as the wind blew past their nothingness. I actually enjoyed this dreariness. It was mesmerizing. It made me want to sit up against the trunk of a tree and fall asleep for a while. So when I did finally sit down below my tree stand, I never started climbing. Instead, I did just that. I laid my head against the bark and I closed my eyes. I woke up some time later. I had no idea how long I'd been out or what time it was, but I did know one thing. Something woke me up, a noise. It had come from deep within the woods, maybe 30 yards ahead of me, so it was close. At this point, on any normal day, I'd already be slowly and quietly readying my gun. Thoughts of deer stew for dinner this coming week warm on my mind, but I couldn't move. I couldn't move because the sound I had heard that had jolted me awake was a sound that did not belong in our plane of existence. It sounded like a large man screaming for his life, but under his voice was another, a young girl's voice, screaming in the exact same tempo. When it had finished its double scream, it simply reversed it until it was back to silence. Chills filed over my skin as I prayed, prayed that what I had just heard was simply the fading end of a dream that I'd had, but it wasn't. There was something ahead of me. A silhouette was forming and fading into appearance from the mist. I stayed quiet. I dared not move. I gritted my teeth and forced down a scream because when I saw the creature before me, all life and existence lost its meaning. Whatever the creature was, it hadn't seen me yet. 
maybe because it was too busy to notice. It was yanking on its own skin, pulling and tearing at it until, rip, it came off. Yet underneath that skin there was fur, a thick layer of fur. Its arm no longer had skin on it, now a hairy arm with a clawed hand reached out for the skin on its face. Its face was emotionless and had the face of a middle-aged man, slightly overweight. That face's skin didn't seem to fit its face as it appeared to hang partially from its head. Then its claw came up and ripped the skin from itself, throwing the face on the forest floor in disgust. Its real face was revealed, a mix between a young boy's face and a deer. That's the best way I can describe it. It looked irritated, fed up with something. As soon as it finished ripping the extra flesh from itself in front of me, it turned back the way it came and disappeared into the mist once more. Finally, I could breathe. Finally, I was free to think again. My mind seemed to have roared to life after idling for ages, yet still I waited there. I waited in the moist, fallen leaves that made my seat. I waited until I knew that thing was far enough away that either it couldn't hear me if I got up or it couldn't catch up to me if I ran. I piled into my truck, goosebumps stacking on goosebumps all over my body. I almost screamed on the run there, agony and inhuman confusion filling my mind. I haven't gone back to those woods. I won't be going back into any woods for a very long time. Watch out when you're in the Ozarks. There's something out there, and it wears people's skin. Number two, Skinwalker After Midnight. Submitted by Taylor A. I was 19 when it happened. I was fairly in the mindset that I was indestructible and fearless. Before this night, I thought I'd seen it all, but I was wrong. I live in the Stanislaus National Forest and to most, you wouldn't ever know where it is. It's a beautiful rural town tucked away called Tuolumne. Well, my story took place on one October night. Me and my ex at the time, let's call him S for the sake of the story. He had lived here all his life, so he knew where the coolest places to explore were. We went with some friend to Round Meadows, way out in the hills. When we got there, we found an old abandoned house he told me the place was used by drug dealers to hide and make their stuff. Well, upon inspection, there was a second floor on the inside with a wood stove and some bunk beds. This is where we would spend our night, the unknowingly frightful night ahead. After some time, we made a fire. We cooked some food for the night. Then we went outside to go walk around. Well, S and him went one direction while I got this harebrained idea to go off in the other. I told them I needed to use the bathroom, but I really wanted to circle around and scare them. Once enough time passed, I went back to find them. Keep in mind, I've never been to this area, and as expected, I got lost pretty fast. 
I was soon regretting my decision. The whole meadow was lit by moonlight, but the house we were in for the night was tucked in the tree line, so the moon was no help to find the place. I followed some movement I saw in the distance, thinking it must have been my friends, but when I got closer, I saw what looked like just two deer. I figured I'd scream at them to goof off and maybe even get my friend's attention. When I turned back to look at the deer to do so, one of them stood up on its hind legs. When the other deer saw this, it ran away in fear and panic. The deer that was standing on its hind legs, it looked at me with an empty gaze, and all I could muster was, what? And this thing looked down at me without moving its mouth, in a creepy low voice, and it repeated back to me what I had said. What? And for the first time since I was a child, I was afraid out of my mind, afraid of whatever this was in front of me. In the distance, I heard my friends laughing. Then I heard a gunshot. Apparently, those two were playing with a gun. As soon as the gunshot rang out, the thing started after me, I screamed and turned to run in the direction of my friends, and as I did, the thing followed suit. I tried to run as fast as I could through the tall grass in the meadows, and all the while this thing was right behind me. When it got quiet, I stopped to catch my breath, and soon I saw my friends. When they looked towards me, they looked horrified. When I turned around to see what they were looking at, I saw that thing somehow silently catching up to me, and when I looked at it, I saw its mouth morph into a hole of razor-sharp teeth. When I looked at it up close, it looked nothing like a deer, rather some mix between man and beast. It had slender long arms and a barrel-like chest, but its legs were more human now. I was frozen in my step, I just couldn't move. Out of nowhere, a gunshot rang out again, and I turned to look at my friends. They yelled at me to duck, and as soon as I did, they shot again. This time, they must have hit the thing because it ran off into the woods. Still, I took off running, and so did the other two. Somehow, we made it back to the abandoned house okay. The only problem was there was no glass in the windows of the place and the loft on the second floor had one stairwell to it and no doors in between. As the top sounded safest, all of us ran up there. The boys stayed at the top of the staircase like guards or sentries, but I cowered in a corner, contemplating everything I'd just seen. I didn't want to make too much noise either. We all needed to stay alert. Soon we heard a loud crash. I got up and looked out the nearby window that same thing from before. It was now climbing on the shingles of the roof. It knew where we were, exactly which room. We made a break for the stairs, but before we descended them, the creature burst its head through the open window and it began to scan the room. We ran as fast as we could into the garage, piling into the cars, but as I opened the car door, I could hear it just above us, climbing around on the roof even still. As soon as we started those vehicles, we hightailed it out of that place. 
but no sooner had we started driving down the road, we saw that thing on all fours trying to catch up to us. S grabbed the gun again and shot at it, hitting the dirt next to it, but it was enough to get it off of our tails as the beast turned to its left and disappeared into the woods. Only later did I realize that we had left some of our things at the abandoned house, but I don't think any of us even cared. I'm 22 now. None of us really talk about what happened that day. I don't think anyone would believe us. Before this, I really had nothing to fear, nothing about the darkness or the forests that I called home. But now, I was scared at every little movement, every little sound, and especially the dark. I can't even look at deer the same way since that day. I have never returned to Round Meadow since that day, and I don't think I ever will. Number three, Weird Stories from Mexico, submitted by Mado8154. My mother is originally from Oaxaca, Mexico, and she shared some creepy stories told by her older relatives with my older brother and me. I kinda wish the only scary thing she had to tell us was when someone she knew got chased by a cow, but no, there were worse things in store. One afternoon in the kitchen, either my brother or I had brought up the topic of skinwalkers, my brother told me that a video game he played consisted of creatures from Navajo legends. Even though my mom's family isn't really of Navajo descent, she did tell us about how her entire family thinks that her cousin Vicky is a skinwalker that turns into a snake. She said they once found shed snakeskin in the corner of her room. However, the shed skin was massive, far too big or too long to be any regular snake in the area and why would such a big snake be left alone to stay in Vicky's room? Surely her family would have gotten rid of it, right? This piqued my interests, for I had already listened to a bunch of Skinwalker encounter stories before. Eventually, I asked her again for more stories, more tales of the Skinwalker. She told one that's a little bit weirder. Mom explained that her uncle was driving home after three days of being away probably to sell goods at the market, spending the night near his stand. While on the road home, his car had stopped moving, and when he tried to start it up again, it should've, but didn't. He wasn't out of gas, and he couldn't find a problem with the car. There wasn't anything wrong with it. I knew this already, because the car would start later on in the story, but not before her uncle, through the blackness of the night, saw a group of people people that had not been anywhere near there before had suddenly appeared. These people, some were covered in fur, some had horns, others tails. They didn't make eye contact with him while crossing in front of his car, and then they just disappeared. Like I mentioned before, the car did start up again, but when he arrived home, he was immediately confronted by his family who were frantically asking him where he'd been. My uncle, confused, said he was only gone for three days like everyone knew already. Every family member disagreed, saying that he'd been gone for three years, not three days. 
Of course, my great uncle was shocked. No one had any explanation for why he doesn't remember three years of his life. No one knows where he went. Now, I'm not a religious person by any real means, but for some reason, I still do believe in demons and ghosts or spirits. Whether or not the devil himself is real or whether or not God is real is still something I'm on the fence about. But when it comes to skinwalkers, I'm definitely certain. I trust my mother's family 100%. Even if some of their stories can be a little crazy, I really hope that none of these entities, especially the devil, try to find me after sharing this story. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Number 4. Unidentified Monster Submitted by Benjamin Around my house in Frisco, Colorado, there was about an acre of woods. Before the cul-de-sac I lived on began to be developed, the woods were mostly lodgepole pine. I was outside during the summer, and I was around 10 years old back then. What happened that day, though, I will never forget. Anyway, I was outside, about 20 feet from the cul-de-sac, when I heard it. It was some sort of monstrous growl or roar, a mix between the sound of a cougar and a reptile, though a good deal quieter. It was very close, and I briefly looked around to find it, but I didn't see anything. I was kind of creeped out, so I returned to my house, pretty much happy that I didn't find the source of this weird noise. I don't know if it followed me. It may be possible, because I'm not a quiet person. The next few summers passed without incident, 
and we decided because of various reasons, including rising house prices and my sister's altitude sickness, to move north. My first year in Montana was my sixth grade year. At the time, my family rented a house. In front of the house was a pair of deciduous trees, but I don't know what type. One night, I was looking out the window in the front of the house. I enjoy watching out the windows, but this time I saw something that scared me. Outside, I saw what appeared to be a large, pale, lanky man squatting in the tree. It was staring into the window of my sister's room down the hall. It was summer, so it definitely wasn't a pile of snow on the tree. The tree had all its leaves, so it couldn't have been exposed branches. One absolutely extraordinary thing, though, was that its knees were splayed wide, like it was preparing to jump. I could see its arms, but I couldn't see their ends or even the elbows. The moon was covered by clouds, as is common here, so I couldn't see the thing very well. I turned to look away, to turn off my lamp, when I heard a thump. The house was a duplex, so it couldn't have been the couple next door. It sounded far closer. I looked out the window, and the creature was gone. But now, there was a deer outside that hadn't been there before. It was looking at me, standing next to the woods that extended back up into the mountains. I know elk, I know mule deer and white-tailed deer, and I know bears live up there. But deer and elk don't climb trees, and bears are covered in fur and they're thick. I don't know what it was that I saw. I believe the final part of the story could be related to these incidents. I work for the Montana Conservation Corps in the summer. During my first summer, my crew was working up in Glacier National Park during the second week. We were repairing the fence by the mini glacier entrance. As we settled down for the night, first the crew leaders went to bed, then the rest of us. I stayed up riding. We were staying in the Cutbank campground in the east side, as the locals call it. When I finally went to bed myself, during the night, I was awakened. I thought I heard the sound of splashing through the creek. The creek does have some mini rapids, but what really scared me was when I went to the outhouse, it sounded like someone knocked on the door after trying the handle a couple of times. After a minute, I opened the door onto a cloudless night, and I saw something off in the distance in the fields that were nearby. The second sighting was up at Slide Lake, about a mile from the Canadian border. The hike in was treacherous. We were there to survey pika, which are related to rabbits, but look like marmots. So Slide Lake is way up there. We busted in during the first day, and I'm not interested in going up there again because of what happened. The night we were up there, it was rainy. There was a dry creek bed that was, as expected, dry. The only thing it was wet with was dirt. It was two feet deep with loose soil. However, the focus is not the creek. I just like to play in the dirt. The creek bed ditch was crossed by a small wooden bridge. During the first night, I woke up and had to use the restroom. The problem was, something was on the bridge, making it creak. Now, whenever something's on the bridge and is walking, it goes bump every step. The bridge occasionally creaks when you're on it. 
I didn't want to go outside with something creaking on the bridge like that. The creaking lasted for a good 10 to 20 minutes before suddenly stopping. And after a while, the creaking stopped. And I really, really had to go to the bathroom. I got out and took a much needed bathroom break at the pit toilet. More recently, there was an incident at the Hay Creek section of the Pacific Northwest Trail. This was my second and most recent season. The area we were staying at was bordered on one side by a steep drop in the valley. The other side was the side of a mountain. This was not very likely related to the others, but sometimes animals travel great distances. Anyway, I was up going to the bathroom again, and I suddenly heard a branch break over one of the tents, and of course I looked, and there was nothing. I went back to going where I was going when I heard the same sound again, this time in front of me and a little to my right. It was coming from across the road, down towards the valley. The place we were staying was a dirt road, and there were bears, but bears can't cross a road without making footstep noises. They're heavy creatures. Plus, I hadn't seen a bear since we got there. I went to the bathroom, and then I heard what scared me the most. The branches all around me began to break and rustle, like something was climbing from tree to tree, but doing it in a way to make itself known. Who in their right mind would climb a 50-foot ponderosa or lodgepole in the middle of the night? I looked around me, but again I saw nothing, which considering it was quite dark and I had no light, it wasn't surprising. And finally, there's one last incident. It was approaching evening one day. I was outside doing various banging. I was making a lot of noise as I was hammering nails in. However, after one of the nails was in, I heard what you could call a reply. Three sounds like knocking, perhaps some small giant banging two trees together, coming from the hills. Every time I hammered a nail, the sound would echo in reply. Something was out there close enough to hear me doing this, and it was mimicking the sound. To this day, I'm not sure if it's one thing that's been following me, something trying to haunt me and torture me, or if these were all separate incidences. But I do know, these experiences are very terrifying. And number five, something mimics people. Submitted by Gray. As I type this story, I'm much more used to the events that I experienced those few years ago. I'm going to tell you two experiences of when I saw this thing I call the Skinwalker. I was 13 and I lived with my family in Utah, very close to Arizona. I loved to spend time with my older brother. One day we were just playing our usual games and joking around. We both suddenly heard our other brothers and mom screaming at the top of their lungs. Worried and scared, we ran into their room. We asked what was the matter, and they said that they'd heard galloping from a horse, which didn't sound too scary to me, even though there were no horses around these parts. Naturally, we tried to calm them down. As they sat there spooked, one of my little brothers admitted that he saw the thing making the noise. He said it was running on two legs, and it wasn't human. My brother and I, curious, decided to go outside. 
As we looked around the house, our dogs formed a circle around us. They seemed much more protective than usual. They seemed more serious too, not paying much mind to us. Rather, they were watching the woods around us in no particular direction. And every so often, they would suddenly bark, making us jump and making us wonder what they had barked at. Eventually, the dogs calmed down and they stopped barking and we began to think that whatever was out there was finally gone. But as we walked back in the house, we were confronted by our grandmother and asked if we were calling them into the woods in the opposite direction that we actually were. This freaked us out. We were on the other side of the house completely and we hadn't said a word since we stepped out the door. Whatever my grandma heard calling them, it wasn't us. This was the first time I ever saw my brother visibly shaken by something. About two months after this, our aunt moved into a trailer near us, maybe 40 yards away. I was home alone since my aunt's family and my family went picking for peaches, so I was lying on the couch in a living room next to a window, when suddenly I was filled with dread. Then the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I dismissed the feeling as best I could and tried to continue to watch TV, but then I heard my aunt's voice. It was like she was right next to me. I jumped up and looked out the window, but her car was still gone and my aunt was nowhere to be seen. Something continued to speak, trying its best to sound like my aunt. Come help me, please come outside. Then I did something stupid. I grabbed a knife and a flashlight and I walked outside. As soon as I did, the dogs once more formed a circle around me and they were beginning to bark at what I saw was a shadow. The thing was a bulking figure. It towered over me. This wasn't some person, and I could feel the thing watching me. As soon as I saw it, I ran back in my house and locked all the doors, calling my aunt. She said she was about five minutes away, and my mom would be back later. I looked out my window, and I saw one dog sitting in front of the door. As I scanned the area outside, the dogs seemed to be protecting the entire house. They were pacing back and forth, watching the shadow in the distance. To this day, I can only believe that I'm still alive because those loyal dogs kept the shadowy thing at bay. To all of you who stay home alone sometimes, if you ever hear a disembodied voice of someone you know or love, don't listen to it. It's luring you into some sort of trap. The Skinwalker is a fearsome beast, something you definitely don't want to run into at night. But what does it want? What does it do with your skin after it tears it off of you? Maybe it disguises itself as you in order to seek new skin. Maybe when it's done with your old skin, it devours what is left. So who knows what the Skinwalker truly looks like, and let's hope we never find out. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget, 
to send me your creepy stories from the ocean at darknessprevails.org. Also, a huge thanks goes out to all my newest patrons. They are Lisa Red, Mila Gray, and Sage Bentley. Thank you all so much for going above and beyond the call of duty to help my channel. All of my patrons, as well as everyone watching this, you're keeping horror alive. And Lord knows YouTube doesn't want horror on its platform. Anyway, as always, stay safe out there and stay creepy. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.